Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. Got my good friend Kevin Burmeister with me today, and I don't have a script, I don't have questions, I don't have really anything, but what I want to cover mainly... um, is Kevin was pretty fortunate this year because he took a great deer on his driveway, um, spot and stalk, very similar to what I've done. If you watch the homegrown episodes that I put up on, on digital and, and so forth, you've seen I've, I've been pretty fortunate to do it twice on my driveway. And I was actually fortunate enough to watch Kevin do it on, on his driveway. So we're going to talk about that experience and, and just what he was thinking when he went through that. And then, then here's some of Kevin's other hunting stories. He's one of the very few people that I know in Michigan that shot a 170 plus inch deer here. Um, we're not going to go over any locations just like, just like I always do anywhere we hunt pretty close to here. We don't, we don't like to share locations because as everywhere, there are people that will hunt the boundaries pretty tight. Did you say that Kevin? Yes. Pretty, pretty tight. So also Kevin was on our Saskatchewan whitetail podcast. He went up, um, and hunted there and actually you've been hunting all over this fall. Yeah. Uh, so this was my second year in, uh, Saskatchewan um with Lance and Emily which is always a great time up there uh the cook Craig so good oh man so much so good so much weight and then we uh we finished the year down in Kentucky down at Salt River um and that was I believe my third year down there um it's a good time down there as well um George and now Joey them guys do a good job and put you on good deer and honestly just the group that you go with is just, I mean, it's a good group, it's so, so good. it makes it fun. And this year you went down in late muzzleloader to Salt River, right? Yeah, so this is my second year going, to, or second time going to the late. Uh-huh. Um, truthfully, it just works better, you know, with the, we had a huge um, farming year crop-wise, yeah. so that the later is just easier, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in that late season, for anybody that's listening that don't know too, I mean, if you think about deer anywhere, that late season, the rut's over. The weather's a little a little bit worse. I mean, not as worse down in Kentucky as it is here in Michigan, but those deer are looking to feed. So if you've got feed for them, that they're coming in. Absolutely. I mean, they 
And I mean, that's the reason you go late season, right? Is, mm-hmm. um, in my personal opinion, one, I like hunting in the cold, and yep. two, um, there's just something about when deer have to come to feed. You know, what exactly are you going to see? Yeah, you know, you don't know. Yep, and it, in, and it increases your odds significantly. Absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, um, I think that plays a big part in it. But I mean, it's anywhere you go. I think you just. It plays a little bit of luck as well, you yep. know. Oh, yeah. Gotta be right spot, right time. Yeah. Well, you know, real quick, as I'm thinking here, let's go over your first late muzzleloader season hunt. How'd that, how'd that one go? You should see <laughs> Kevin's face now. It's turning. How, how did that late, that first late muzzleloader season go? Well, I believe this was, let's see, what was that, in 2020? Yeah, 2020. I believe 2020, I went down for my uh, hunt, late muzzleloader down there, and I was hunting uh, Mark's farm, actually, and I was sitting on... At the time, he was a 10. Yeah. Um, and he was probably... And, he, and this deer didn't have a name at this time. No, no name on no this name. deer. No. Just uh, just a solid 10. I think it was probably... I don't know if he would have been in the 50s, but he was... He was he a good was, deer. He was solid deer. deer. Yeah. I mean, he was probably... He was big. Yep. Um, long story short, I go down there. Weather's perfect. Um, have good good time, you know, the night before. Um, but where this deer was at, I didn't go in until um noon mm-hmm. um so i didn't hunt that morning which was fine so i got in plenty early um walked back you know and right away i was on i mean i had deer all over me mm-hmm. i had uh there was a big five point in there um if, i don't know if you remember that i do old old, old five point, five point. Yeah. i mean heavy and, horned, and i had him and two other bucks and they were dogging a doe um and i watched them all afternoon you know and it got you know the point where I mean, I was, you know, I've seen so many deer, uh, so many different bucks. Long story short, um, I don't know, probably 140, 150 yards. Um, the shooter deer came out and, uh, you know, he kind of worked his way up towards the corn pile, um, which was probably 100 yards or so. Um, and it just, he never presented me a great shot until he spun all the way around, walked back out. And he got to maybe 120, um, and I stopped him, turned him, and, uh, well, I don't know where the shot no. was landed, but it did not land on the deer. Okay. okay. Um, shot it, you know, it was getting dark out, uh, smoke clears. There's 20 deer down there, so you don't know exactly where he went. You know, mm-hmm. you're, it's a shooting lane. It's thick on both sides. Um, fast forward. To the next day, we look for it. Long story short, clean mess. Clean mess. On the, the positive note, though, two days later, I did shoot a deer in the mid-130s. That's I mean, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so. And actually, more on a positive note, if we continue this story, if we fast forward to fall of uh, 2021, would be nine months later. In the velvet opener, I actually ran into that same deer that Kevin missed. And now at this time, the deer is named. It's actually named kevin's deer it's kind of a setup i feel like but i mean anyway sort of yeah so anyway during velvet season i was able to get the old matthews set up on that deer the the year after and got kevin's deer so i mean that's a great story for me i like that story. and i'll be honest it was really cool for me too because i was again hunting um in that velvet season i was mm-hmm. down there hunting mark's farm so technically i did get to go track the deer um, i mean you got the recovery i was in the recovery uh i didn't appreciate how many times we called it Kevin's deer, but you know what? He made a good shot, killed a great deer. Um, 
So yeah, there's that one. Before we before we dig into um, your driveway deer this year, and I, I don't know if I should start calling it something else besides the driveway deer because I've got two driveway deer now on camera, and I mean yours was, it was it was on your driveway. I don't know what else to call it. The yeah. house deer. The I mean the yeah. We're gonna call it, we're gonna call it Kevin's driveway deer. Okay, before we get on that, um, I guess how I mean you've been hunting ever since you could walk, right? Yeah. So I mean. Um, it's no different than like you growing up in this area. Deer hunting, um, especially rifle hunting, was a huge thing yeah. uh, as a kid. And I mean, even now, like November fifteenth, like it doesn't matter what's it's going on. It's a holiday. On. Yeah, we're deer hunting. Yeah, it's and a holiday. My kids are deer hunting, and that's just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, I just want to remind you that we've got an important tag deadline coming up for the state of Wyoming. Their elk application deadline is on January 31st, so make sure to give the team at WTA a call and get applied. All right, let's, fa- let's fast forward now to this year, uh, or I guess last year, now that we look at it because we're filming this in, in January 2023. So this would be fall 2022. Um, and I think to do it correctly, we got to set up everything that led to the night, right? So before – so and we'll get into this. Kevin shot this deer in a polo and khakis. That is true. And um, I, it was my uh, Shelby polo yeah. with Nikes on. With Nikes. So what? What? anybody that's listened knows that, that I coach girls basketball, and, and Kevin and I actually coach our, our girls teams in middle school here. So I had lost in the tournament two days before. Kevin had his team playing in the, the championship game that night. Um, let's just say that game didn't go as, as expected. No, we got, uh, we were, no, we had a great season. Um, girls played hard. Obviously we were, I'm um, excited to make the final, you know, the final game, but, um, it did not go as planned by that being an understatement. Did not go, did not go as planned. So with no intention of hunting whatsoever and having just just played a basketball game and, and think in the fall the days are long and middle school games start at first games at four second games at five so I mean you get back pretty quick um we grabbed pizza and some beverages and headed over to Kevin's house um my daughter uh his daughters and, and my wife and his wife and we were over there um enjoying pizza and, and again a few beverages like we may be enjoying right now so we were we were set there and I think you were the one that was standing behind behind your island in your kitchen that saw this deer come out right yeah yeah. so um along my driveway i mean it's where we're at we're on a 90 so it's not i mean it's not uncommon for us to see deer yeah um and honestly we see deer probably every day Mm -hmm. um we don't usually see a target deer that we want to kill um and what did what did you have called this deer because you had him on trail camera a bunch yeah so um we came up with, uh, and we just called him. He had a kicker on each G two, so we yeah. just called him the G two buck. Okay, um, you know, when he was between my neighbor Jeff and I, you know, that was our number. That was our target deer, our number one deer. Yep. Um, and you know, from where I end up shooting him, uh, right right off my driveway, not far, I have another cornfield. Um, it's probably what eight hundred yards across there. Probably, yeah. You know, eight hundred thousand yards. Um, to where I usually hunt, and I got a camera down there, and that's where I was getting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would only get him 
down there maybe once a week. Okay. You know, so in a, and you know, we couldn't figure out how he was getting there. You know, and we were you know how busy we are oh, yeah. with basketball and yeah. so we're not usually home in the evenings mm-hmm. as much. Um and I'm like, there's no way he's going across, you know, them young, that young apple orchard. Yeah. Or right through in the, the open. Yeah, yeah, like there's no way. And then uh I guess Well, it turns out he was yeah. going right across the was. open. Yeah, yeah, he was. Just But I mean that was uh that was a hunt that I'll never forget for sure. So we're 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 sitting in the kitchen and, and Kevin grabs his binos, which any any good guy has them sitting in the kitchen. So he grabs them and looks out his out his glass door there and, and hands them to me and I'm like, Man, it's a heck of a deer. Just a solid deer. And I remember what happened next. You remember what happened next? I do. I do. I was kind of looking at him, you were looking at him, and then you're like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing, man. What, like, what do you mean? And you're like, try to kill him. And I kind of laughed it off, and he's like, no, I'm serious. That's how I killed my deer, you know, yeah. the the year before. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right. I went into my hunting room, um, grabbed, I went and grabbed my raven, a range finder. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, I was like, all right. And I slid out my garage. Um, the door was already open, and um, where the deer was at in my young apple orchard, there's a finger, um, like I call the finger, where the deer was tucked behind that finger of woods so it couldn't see me. Mm-hmm. Um, truthfully, once you know, I got out of my garage and wor- worked that wood line down and jumped in my cornfield with mm-hmm. my food plot in the middle of it by my driveway, yeah. I knew I had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cut across that uh, food plot in the inside of that corn, and, you know, the whole time I'm like, man, Mark's watching. This is going to be stupid. He's going to dog me for this. Yeah. And uh, got to the end of the, the cornfield where I could see the deer, and he had no idea I was there. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we closed in, you know, I don't know, 30 more yards or what it was. And um, <clears throat> he kind of started feeding away from me through the orchard um, on my young apple trees. So any farmer that hears this is, you know, that's not good. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I I just got super lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a uh, I ended up killing him at seventy eight yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot him free handed. Yeah, and um, smoked him though. Uh, yeah, absolutely smoked yeah. him. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, those ravens are they're crazy. Um, oh, they're so. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just so crazy, good, yeah. and oh, not just those. I mean, any crossbow is. Um, which is cool for the guys that, you know, can't shoot a compound anymore. Mm-hmm. It gives them a chance to get out. But, um, yeah, so pretty much, uh, you know, I shot him free-handed. And it was kind of one of those things I shot. I mean, I heard, I thought I heard it hit him, but I was shooting through a young apple orchard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I either shot a, a tree uh-huh. or I, I smoked him. Yep. And uh, that's the first thing you asked when I got back to the yeah. house. You're like, what happened? Well, I mean, we let one fly. Yeah. I, did, I don't know if we hit him. Or if we shot a tree. Uh-huh. So, um, you know. Yeah, it worked out. Oh, it did for sure. That was, I mean, just, uh, it'll be a deer I'll never forget just because how it happened. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that'll be something I'll be like, yeah, when it's hanging at my at my house, I'm going to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, dude, you remember this deer? Like, yeah. it's just so cool to do it with a friend and whatnot. And that's one of those, like, the hesitation that you, that you showed, like, at the beginning because of all the time you spent in a tree stand, right? Right. Like in a tree stand, if you think about it, you're like, you can't make big movements. You can't, Never. you can't do any of that stuff. But like in that situation, from what I've learned on the couple that I've been able to do at my house, right? So that deer 
had been – it's not his first time that he came out on that corner to no. cross in the, the young apple trees over to the asparagus. Like, that's not his first rodeo coming across there. And you've got three kids, right? Right. Like, how much activity happens outside your house in the, in the, in the summer and fall? Oh, I mean, we're outside every day. And your neighbor walks her dog just about every day. Every single day. And you're, I mean, just the driveway traffic that you have, the kids riding the Ranger, they're they're out hitting softballs, like so much activity, right? Like that deer lives with that every yep. single day. Yep. So at my house, like when I when I always got asked, like, how did you get so close to that deer? Or how how did you do it a second time? And I'm just like, listen, that those deer that I caught off my driveway, literally probably on a, on a, Every average day, now that my son drives, probably sees cars 15 to 20 times. Yeah, absolutely. And they're right next to where our shop's at, so they're outside. People are getting gas. They're, there's a whole bunch of activity. Doors are open. I'm going in and out. Like, And the deer just get used to it. Like Now I see, like I'm get, I open up the garage door. I back my truck in. I load my truck up. And I'm like, the deer is 80 yards away just staring at me because right. they see it all the time, like you on the farm. What happens if, you, if you're if you mowing an orchard and you see a deer? If you keep going, the deer's just going to watch you. Yeah. Now, if the second you stop, the deer, deer's gone. Gone to the next county, right? Yep. But the second you, you, you just keep going, and that deer's like, I've seen him mow this orchard a hundred times. times. Yep. So I think there's a lot of that when, when you get a chance to get on the ground next to your house or your driveway to where those deer are just used to more activity. So they're, I wouldn't say relaxed, but they're just – they're more they're more used to it. Like they're used to one of your daughters running outside, going to the truck or, or doing whatever, and then coming back in the house. So I think that gives you just a a little bit more. Like you you mentioned that you knew you had a shot once you got past your house by your car down to your corn, right? Right. But just think about how many deer have seen human activity next to your house. Well, I mean it's it's common. Um, even I mean as much as you've been over or um, you know like Gabby. Or, you know, or even like yeah. Jessica. I mean, how many times have we been so close to hitting a deer on my driveway yeah. coming out of the cornfield? Yeah, exactly. Or the deer standing there and being like, oh, they're home. Like, you yeah. know, they're just going to continue because they've, I don't know if it's, you know, they're getting, they're used to it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I don't know exactly that what the answer is, but they get in that cornfield and they, they're not leaving. No, no. They just, they feel safe. Yeah. Most I, of the time it, right. they feel safe. Yep. And like, like around my house. I'm trying to think. There's only been one gunshot. Shelly shot a deer during youth season here f four or five years ago. Right. That's the only gunshot that I've had on, on my property over that period of time. So it's not like they're – now the neighbors, their gunshot's going off right. here. But other than that, I just archery hunt here. Yeah. Just just how my schedule works. So they're not used to gunshots. They're not mm -hmm. used to any of that stuff. They're just more relaxed. And I think – so when you get on the ground then, I think everybody's so worried about, holy smokes, can I stalk in on, on a whitetail, which is, I mean, so so skittish. Right. Right? But then you get there and you're like, okay, there's a little bit of wind. Now, now my sound's covered up. I've got the wind in my face. I'm going the right way. The deer's kind of angled. They're looking off or something like that. And, like, yeah. man, you get there and you start doing it, you're like, man, I can get closer. Yep. And I can get closer, and I can get closer, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Man, I just got within range on the ground." Right, right. And I mean, honestly, like going back again to the you know the deer I shot there. Um, I mean, the he didn't he didn't bump you know I didn't bump him or anything. He just naturally was feeding across. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if 
I mean, he had no idea I was there. Yeah, he was, he was he was he was on point A going to point B. Absolutely. And, and just, I w- if he would have stayed, you know, if I'd have been, you know, twenty seconds mm-hmm. sooner, I'd have shot him at probably twenty five yards. Yeah. And he would have had no idea. You know, he had no idea I was there. Mm-hmm. Or if you had been a minute later, yeah, you wouldn't have shot you. It was just one of those right place, right time, yeah. right approach. Everything yep. worked out. But like I look at that too is, okay. So say you would have bumped that deer doing that. I in my head, I don't know if it's right or not. In my head, I'd have looked. Okay, so you got to the edge of the cornfield and we're going up for a shot. He looked over and saw something and he would have ran off. I in my head, there's just as good of odds of him seeing one of your kids outside and getting skittish than than you going to bump him in that situation. Absolutely, I think regardless of. Um you know, how it worked out. If I would have bumped him, I probably would have killed that deer in, within the week. Yeah. So it's um, like one of those things. Yeah. So you like, I look at that here on the here where I've done my two, two is okay. Say I, say I bumped him. I think he would have came right back because he wouldn't have been like, something's trying to kill me. It's nothing different. He would have been to. like, okay, Absolutely. somebody's, somebody's loading up their truck or whatever. And right. I, something happened like that. That's, I don't, again, I don't know if my mind is telling, that's how I register it. My mind is okay. So if I bump him in that situation, I don't think he's going to mess up from his normal pattern. Cause think about how many right. times a normal deer gets bumped in during a day. Right. Like you, you're locked in like our place in heart. I've got a deer um, locked in and hunting it. Right. Right. That deer leaves our property, crosses multiple roads, goes next to homes, dogs, cats. Like think about what that deer goes through in a day of how many times it gets jumped, pushed here yeah. and there, and what that. And you're you're like you're worried about bumping it out of a stand. Like I get it, if you bump it out of that stand, that deer is going to register that area and not go back. But just think about how many times they got bumped. So if you do it on the ground in a spot and stock next to somewhere you don't have a stand, you're like. You're just playing with house money. That's how I look at it. If, I, I would agree with that. If you if you get lucky and get the deer, like it's an awesome story because how many people can say they've shot a deer like that on the ground? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not, not many. many. Not many. But now, if you get that chance, like, okay, I did it once, and like, oh, well, I could do it. And now, like the next time I saw that deer, I didn't even hesitate. I'm right. like, I'm gonna go do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, if I see a deer, now I'm almost like, man, I can't wait to see a deer out there again because every time I go past my fruit plots or my driveway, I'm hunting. Right. All I got to do is go and grab my bow and my camo, and next thing I know I can get out there because yep. the deer along my driveway, it's not like they're running anywhere. They're normally feeding on a food plot or they're bedded up or mm-hmm. they're, if they're chasing does during the rut, they're bedded behind a doe or walking behind her. Like, I've got an opportunity to go and do it. And and that's, you know, similar to, um, like, you know, the situation I was in at my house there. I mean, them deer, I mean, they bed in asparagus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll bed in the orchard. I mean, it's not like we get – I mean, if they're there, I mean, in the middle of an asparagus field, I mean, it's not like we're, you know, not spraying apples or yeah. we're not, you know, chopping, you know, whatever it may be, chopping brush or what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I agree with I agree with all and for that. For anybody that doesn't know what asparagus looks like when it's when it's done harvesting for the year and grown up for the for the winter, there is no better spot for a deer to bed than a grown up asparagus field. Like it is so thick in there, so thick, so thick. Like you, they're, they can be bedded in there, and you're not going to see them. That's why, like right. you can say you're working on an apple orchard, literally 45 yards away, and that deer will be bedded in there as long as you don't step foot in the asparagus. That deer right. will stand there and or sit in there and watch you all day. Yeah, and that's like even, you know, uh, late season. You got you have to spray the fern and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's times you'll spray and literally you'll see the deer because you're, you're in a haggy or whatever, and you're yep. sitting up, you know, 10 feet or whatever it is. So you literally visually can see it. Deer will bound, you know, 10 rows over and bed right back down. Yeah. Cause it's safe. Yeah. And, and they're then, like, okay, well, 
and then it's just going to hunker down there the rest of the day, and that and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, and you're probably just thinking of that for farmers out there. They all know this, but you're fortunate because you get to to see deer a lot, and you get to see how they react a lot. Yeah, just because you're out out in the on the farm all the time, to where you're like, yeah, I can see that deer this time. He, I bumped him, and it only went this far. Right. This time I bumped it, and it ran over here. So you get, you, I mean, just the more learning, the more opportunity you get to see deer do things like that, the better you are as a hunter. Like same same thing when you were able to stalk this one on the ground. Like you may not think it now, but the lessons you learn that are going to carry you forward when you're doing something similar are right. ridiculous. And I mean, it definitely um, being. You know, I've never really hunted on the ground mm. outside of the last year or so, um, maybe the last two years, truthfully. Uh, and, I mean, you get – I feel like you get away with more, you know, on the ground, yep. as crazy as it is. But, you know, if a deer sees, picks you off in a tree stand – You're done. Like, like it's it see, over. Yeah, if it sees you in the tree – if it – like, I've sent you some of the trail cam picks that I've got a doze set up on somewhere. Yeah. And they're doing, like – exorcism stuff like yeah. head just completely turned 180 staring at where the stands yeah. at because at one point in time in the last seven years that old doe saw me in gotcha. that tree stand and now every time she walks by she looks up at it yeah yep and them are the ones you've got to get rid of got to got to get rid of gray faced and yeah yep letting everybody know but i i do think too um you know the way that and i mean it's no different than like a compound, okay? So you've shot deer with your compound, mm-hmm. you've shot deer with your crossbow. Mm-hmm. I mean, for most people that enjoy bow hunting, you probably, you shoot a lot. Um, yeah, you shoot and a it, lot. And, yeah. and there's no, you know, you can't be like, you know, the, you know, would you shoot a doe or a deer at 50 yards with your compound? And you're like, I, 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 would. I have. I would. And, and I, I have. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, but the crossbow hunting is definitely, uh, it is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it changes your thought of hunting as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not where you, you know, the way that it used to be, you know, you have to get up, you know, 25 feet. Yeah, and, way up in the tree. Yeah, and, but yeah. the way things are working now, I mean, you just, that's just not a real thing anymore. No. And it's like, I and I don't want to get started on the old compound versus crossbow one here because Aaron, Aaron Blasey and I had talked about doing a podcast on this just to get cool. just to get everybody all worked up on because fired up yeah just getting fired up because I mean there's one side that believes in crossbow hunting there's a strong side against it there's I mean I like to call myself somebody in the middle but I don't know how many guys are in the middle my my general thought is of all hunting if it is legal I have no trouble with anybody doing it right absolutely so, so if you if you look. Okay, so you have a life of being able to be a compound bow hunter, right? Shoulders give out, backs give out, just, just, I mean, just yep. wear and tear stuff. So if somebody uses a crossbow, I generally don't, I don't, I don't have any trouble whatsoever if they use a crossbow. No. I don't care if their shoulders are fine and they're in great shape and they want to use a crossbow because guess what? They may be a better shot with a crossbow than a compound. So right. if they're in the field and make a better shot on a buck or a doe or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with that. You right. you put yourself in the field during a season that you gave yourself the best chance of success right. and not wounding something. There's no trouble with that whatsoever in my mind. No. I uh, I mean, it's. I wish, you know, everybody had that mindset, but it's yeah. just not a real thing. No. Um, no. And it should be because, you know, you want, you know, you want people to get into the younger kids to, you know, succeed when they're mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. even, you know, you look at like a, like my father-in-law, you know, they're, there's great things that, you know, they're doing up, you know, Mason County with the, you know, the APR and mm-hmm. stuff, but it's, it gets to a point where, 
you know, you're 76, 77, like you just, you can't count the points and you can't, there's yeah. things you just, you know, so it's, you know, you, it keeps them guys trying to hunt. Yep. Yep. With a cross, exactly. You know, so that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Shelly shot her, her black bear and so Jaina with a, cro- with a crossbow up in Saskatchewan. I thought it was cool. It was awesome. Like they could have done it with a rifle, yeah. But I thought it was like that next step for for them of okay, now we're going to use a crossbow, right? right? And I'm just going to be honest, Shelly's Shelly's not. She's probably not. I wouldn't say strong enough. She's probably not ready to use a compound bow. No, I don't think uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind um, of Jaina. Um, she's not ready to. Yeah, she's just not ready. But. And I don't think it's anything to do with strength. I just don't think – I mean, she's just not ready. Yeah, just not ready. And and it's one of those things – like, you know how tough it is to get them away between school, sports, activities, and so forth to go, go out, and they can train with a crossbow a little bit easier, mm-hmm. and it gets them ready to go into the field right. and be more successful. Like, why would you not want that? Yeah, I mean, you look at – like, you, you touched on, like, how busy they are. Honestly, if you if I had to guess, Jaina would probably and Shelly, how many times do they get to go out hunting this year? Five. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, like I, t- I everybody asks like because they think Shelly's out, out and about all the time, right? I'm like, if I can get Shelly hunting for eight to ten days a year, I'm doing really good. Now that's eight. Now we this year was a little bit skewed because we went to Saskatchewan for a week, right? Right. So a little bit skewed, but that's even counting here in Michigan youth season. Rifle season, when we went to Colorado, antelope hunting, like that's that's total, right? right? Like, right. like it's crazy what the kids have to go through now as far as busy schedules. Like at night, because she she's in the gym with me coaching and at games and so forth. We don't get home till nine thirty, mm-hmm. ten o'clock. Away games eleven, yeah. five five days a week, and then on the weekend she's got something three out of four. Yeah, and then. She's like, I just want the weekend. She doesn't have anything. I just want to sleep. I'm like, listen, kiddo, I want to sleep too. I like, it, like yeah. I remember myself as a kid. Like, I think I had more days just to sleep and catch up as you're growing and you're going right. through so much stuff. But they're just so busy. And it, it like, and I mean, as busy as they are um, with sports and things, I mean, as they get older, I mean, to miss school is, I mean, it's a big deal. Like, it's, it is. I mean, well, not during know, COVID. Not COVID. Not co- no, no, COVID doesn't count. Like, yeah, no one has to go to school no, then. No. Nobody has to go to school. But we're off that now. Now we're back to you got to grind it out and go to school again. Yeah. Unless you think you have COVID sy- symptoms. Then you get off. No, it's a, it's a tri- again, it's a, it's a yeah. tricky situation. It is a tricky situation. A tricky but situation. the older they get, you know, and they see their friends at school. And, I mean, honestly, you know, the classes they're in, like, they have to be at school, you know. I mean, you can't. Well, it's one of those things like, hey, you can miss school, but if you miss class for two days, mm-hmm. you know it's like catching up from class right it's not like the teacher's going to back up and tell you exactly what you missed for two hours in her class right 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 it's not a real thing that's why like it's okay you know um it was super cool like kaylin shot my middle daughter shot opening morning mm-hmm. right and it's like okay she, she shot her deer and she's like i'm ready to go to school and it's like oh okay yeah i would have never no absolutely not. i would have took the next week off i'd locked in that whole week yep just yep. locked it right in. Yeah, but times are times are different. Times are different. That's what Shelly was like too. We we hunted this year and and she missed opening day on a double kicker buck, which would have been her would have been biggest first miss. It happens. It happens. Sorry, I got to get off. Well, it happened. Well, we, we covered the it, miss last year on it, our side. It, yeah, that first miss. She goes and literally Shelly's response after she missed. How is that even possible? That's the exact line. I'll always remember that. How is that even possible? 
I'm like, listen, kiddo, I, it, it is. It is. Everybody has to go through that first miss. And I'd like to say I'm not going to have any more misses, but I know I'm going to have more misses. If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out Rough Tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years, and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out, roughtough.com. Leopold offers the best optics in the game, bar none. I personally have their Santium binos and never go to the field without their Pro Guide spotting scope. I've got a Mark V on all my rifles, and also don't forget they've got some awesome eyewear as well. For more information, visit leopold.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. When was actually, when was your first miss? Well, I mean, this is dating with a rifle. Yeah. Or a or a gun. Um, this is dating back to 2020 down at... Uh, oh, there we go. Mark's Farm. Mark's Farm. Just, I just wanted to bring that up one yeah. more time. And then I, it's probably better known now as uh, Kevin's Buck. Kevin's Buck, yeah. You, you probably know it as that. Yeah. Um, but that was a tough one. And, I mean, any miss right. is tough, but there's <laughs> there's definitely some tough ones. Yeah. Like any so. any miss is tough. Like that night of sleep afterwards is always just not a whole lot of sleeping. Going no, on there. just a lot of questioning. That Question. was like similar to this year. Yeah, You're down man, just You're in a tough spot. Oh, but you want to talk about this year down there? Yeah, I, I will for okay. sure. I will for sure. If you want, if you got time. Oh, we got time, buddy. We got time. Okay. You want to set it up, or you want me to set it up? Um, you go ahead and set it up. Okay, I was, I I was gonna, I was down in Mexico hunting a Mexican Texanus whitetail. And Kevin was up in, in Kentucky going whitetail hunting again late season at Salt River, um, Kentucky. Weather had dipped. I mean, it was in, what, the, the 40s when you were there? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was probably low 40s. Low 40s. Yep. So at night it was getting in the 30s. Yeah. Okay. Which for Kentucky, like, guys from far up north are like, man, that's warm. For Kentucky, everybody's like, man, it's cold. Yeah. Perfect late season deer. So, you were you were hunting a a big deer. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting on a solid deer for sure. I mean, I we won't say what it scores yet, but we'll we'll throw it out big deer. So I'm gonna let you take it from here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so um, obviously on the way down, uh, Mark sends me a picture and he's like, hey, what do you think of this deer? And I'm like, man, I assume I was assuming that was the deer you were on. Mm-hmm. I thought that's maybe what you were hunting. Long story short, it was a deer um, that I was sitting on. Um, you know, so we get down there. A buddy of mine, we get down there. Uh, it was a Friday night. We got there probably, I don't know, 3 o'clock. And for whatever reason, um, I have no idea still to this day why I would uh-huh. would not have loaded my gun that night. Uh-huh. I just don't. I don't even know what I would like. See, I, we haven't. You haven't even told yeah. me this before. The the questioning yeah. of why I didn't even load the gun the night before. Like I didn't. And I mean, I shot. I ran. You know, I sighted in that week. I shot five shots again on Thursday before uh-huh. we left. You know, just all to, five. Just uh, just money. You yep. know, I shot. I think three at a hundred, two at two hundred, and I'm like, 
ready to just go. dialed dialed in yep um you know get down there and start seeing some guys you've seen in the past yeah. uh, start you know having a couple beverages and we're talking mm-hmm. and you know then you realize you know we start talking deer hunting you know where people are gonna go and, yeah, yeah um joey has everything planned out you know to the wind and you know different sets and whatnot long story short um we go on that night uh i never loaded it was raining we got a bunch of rain yeah. um i blame the weather yeah well yeah. i mean I, it, well, I don't know if the weather was the, the problem but okay all right definitely it was raining uh saturday morning um kind of get up and he's like okay oh no it's friday night excuse me he goes um all right jeff who a buddy of mine he was down there with me he's like you know, it's probably not the best spot to go in in the morning, mm-hmm. so you're going to go in at midday. Yep, yep. Uh, another guy, Clint, you're going in at midday. Uh-huh. And talks to the other couple guys, and he's like, you're coming out. You're going to hunt the morning, but I'm pulling you out at 1030 or, you uh-huh. know, whatever the yep. time was. I don't yep. remember. And he gets to me, and he's like, Kevin, you're hunting all day. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? Like, okay, yeah. okay. You know, and. Instantly, I just go back to the Saskatchewan yeah, thing where I'm like, minus 13, yeah. sat in the stand for 60 hours. Yeah. Like, man, okay, here yep. we are. Here yep. we are. So, long story short, no big deal. Set my alarm, get up early. Still raining. Um, still raining and super, super foggy. Uh-huh. You know, so load all the equipment in the, uh, the truck and um, head out to the farm that we're hunting. <laughs> and I get out there, and I was like, well... You want me to, uh, to my, the guy that drove me there, um, I was like, you want me to load my gun now? Or he's like, well, just wait till we get where I drop you off. And I yeah. said, all right, no big deal. You know, and I, again, I, you know, no problem. Yep. So I load my gun and it's raining and it's heavy, heavy fog. Like it's just, you know, not a nice day. Uh-huh. Luckily I'm sitting in a bank's blind. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, this won't be not too, too bad. bad. Drops me off. I had probably 150, 200 yards to walk tops. Uh-huh. I load my gun. Um, you know, never mm-hmm. thought of it. Get in the blind, get situated, get all my stuff in there, um, get a cap put in. Yep. You know, um, in the on the in uh, that bank's blind, I I brought a tripod, so I just had my gun sitting there. Yep. Um, no big deal. Well, as daylight is coming, you know, and I mean, deer start showing up, and uh-huh. it's you know, I'm sitting, I don't know, probably eighty yards off this corn pile. Uh-huh. Um. And I'm sitting there, nothing, you know, I see a bunch of deer, a bunch of deer. Four o'clock that afternoon rolls around, and I mean, it is it is just like a crappy day, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that mist it's, all yeah. day long. So there's a bunch, you know, it's a lot of condensation, whatever. So four o'clock rolls around, and I haven't seen my target deer. Um, all of a sudden, I kind of glanced through a window to my right, Um and all of a sudden, the target deer is walking at me. Uh-huh. I mean, he's walking directly <laughs> at me. And I'm like, holy, you know, like, yeah. man, that's a big deer. Yeah. You know, so I bind him, make sure it's him. It is. Um, he cuts, I don't know, 50 yards um, from the blind. He cuts down through the creek bottom and pops back up. Uh-huh. Well, he's literally, couldn't have been 30 yards from me, probably 25 yards. Mm-hmm. So... And then bank's blind, you got to, you know, obviously open oh, a window. window back, yep. yeah. You know, so I get the window open, deer's high alert, just, I mean, he's a big deer. Yep. So uh, at this time where he's at, I mean, it's literally 
25 yards, probably 30 right. yards in front of me. I open the window. I get on him. Drop the hammer. Pop. Whew. You know, the muzzleloader misfires. And I'm like, well, this is not good. <laughs> Instant panic, right? My <laughs> other primers are in my bag, top part, and I have like a, have it kind of all set up. So like a, I would call it the pos- this is me as a quick reload, you know, yep. so I have everything what I need in a quick reload. Yep. So I'm like, crap, let's get, bam, get another one in. Hammer back, deer is staring at me. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking locked in <laughs> on me, just locked in. I pull back up, pop, same oh. thing, same thing. So I'm like, what in the deer runs off? Obviously, you can imagine I use some pretty bad words. Yep. Um, deer runs off. I end up seeing a couple more deer that night. Shoot Mark a text. Shoot Joey a text. Uh, now, all of a sudden, I get a message from you. Joey hits me back. George hits me back. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, this is bad. <laughs> you know, so no big deal. This is bad. <laughs> get back to the lodge. And news traveled fast because <laughs> everybody, I'm talking, there is six other hunters all the guides, Joey, everybody's over yeah. there. And they're like, man, that sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and one old boy hits me with, uh, you want to sell your black powder? <laughs> and I'm like, man, this, this I thought about it. Yeah. Like, honestly, honestly, if I didn't have Jeff with me, I would have packed my stuff and I would have just <laughs> went home. And I wouldn't. I would have. I was that mad. Like. My wife called me, and she's like, how'd it go? And I had to explain the whole story. Obviously, I wasn't happy. What'd she hit you with after you explained the story? Uh, she's like, man, that sucks. She's like, do you think he'll come back? And I'm like, as big as the deer was, and long story short, I'll jump. I'll just say what it was. Yeah. It was a nine point, um, and he ended up going, he went, what would he go? One fifty six and yeah, some change. One fifty six and some change. Yeah. Okay, as a nine point, um, and he was just—I mean, he was a great deer. Um, I said, you know, I don't know. Um, Joey kind of that night. Joey felt me out a little bit and was like, "What are you thinking?" I was like, "I'm gonna go back in. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back in. I'm gonna hunt that deer. Yep. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll see him. Yep. But I'm gonna get after it. Yep. So, uh, same thing. Go in there. Oh, after Joey told me what we're gonna do. I cleaned out my gun. Um, I ran a cap through it. Uh-huh. It popped, fired. Um, you know, I don't know exactly uh, what the issue was. I do know the powder, it was damp. Yep. Um, and no, it wasn't old powder. No, it yeah. wasn't like. So this is, we'll take a little break here because this is the uh, this is the part where all the experts like to like to chime in of okay. of, of what happened. I'm, okay. I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I'll throw out my advice of what I think happened. Right. So there was a rain. It was raining. Right. It was yep. damp. So there could have been a little a little moisture in the barrel while you loaded it down. But you're shooting Blackhorn 209, right? Correct. That's also what I shoot out of my muzzleloader. Though the way it makes it sound like to me is that when you were packing it in to the muzzleloader in your blind is that you weren't able to, like, you don't, you weren't standing, right? You were sitting. Right. Like, you, it wasn't the same. It was dark. I think you just had a little air pocket in there and not packing it down. That's mine. Right. 
that's my personal opinion. Now I know you got 38 other guys telling you 38 other things because right. everybody becomes an expert afterwards. I, I'm an expert afterwards too. Well, listen, and I haven't figured it out what oh, happened, but it was a bad deal. Listen, Just a bad deal. What I was hoping was is that nobody was going to shoot that deer, right? That's what. That's Honestly, what, I'm glad old boy out of Illinois ended up killing it just because I didn't need another year of I, Kevin's deer. Would I 100% went down there and hunted that deer on velvet? I would have. Yeah, and we're back for a volume two Kevin's deer oh, again. God. I don't know if I could put up with that. Yeah. That'd have been a rough, All right, continue rough. on with the story. Day, morning of day two. Okay. So um, we go through that, get it clean. Obviously, I run a cap through it. Um, that morning, I ran two caps through it, make sure we're still good. Um, load it up, uh, you know, do everything at the lodge so I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, still, you know, I'm like, it, we didn't get back till you know, it was, it was late by the time you got back and whatnot. Uh-huh. So it's not like I could shoot the gun. You know, so I still have no idea if the gun's going to fire. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm assuming it's going to, yeah. like, you know, it's. It had never not fired no, before. No, I mean, it's a. You know, it's a Acura, you know, see, it's, it's, I mean, it's a good gun. Yeah. Long story short, um, that, no, that next day, um, the deer's situation is pretty good. I'm seeing a bunch of deer, um, uh, and I see a pretty good deer, um, running a doe uh-huh. and I'm like, and it's in the brush, it's probably a hundred yards away. And I'm like, man, it's a big deer, but I don't know what deer it is. I'm yep. like, it's gotta be the target deer. Uh-huh. But in there, there was another nine um, that was super wide that they, you know, was not a shooter. Yep. Um, and them were the only two good deer in there, uh-huh. you know, that they that were, have been in there. Yep. Um, so I sit there, uh, you know, and I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I can't tell what he is. Deer runs a doe past me up over the hill. Gone. Uh-huh. Well, probably a couple hours later, um, I have a single doe come in, you know, and she's just on edge. So, you yep. know, something's wrong. and. All of a sudden, here comes a little seven point. Here uh-huh. comes a little buck, and they're running her off, and they're kind of still down by the corn pile, and uh, they kind of end up, you know, over a couple minutes, they end up taking off in the same direction that deer went. Yep. So you know, I'm sitting there, and there's no deer, and all of a sudden, um, it couldn't have been 20 yards from me, off to my right again. This deer comes down the hill, and it it was a um, it was ended up being a seven point, but he uh-huh. was broke off. Yep. Um, what was his, uh, two was broke, right? His, yeah. His two was broke off. On yeah. His, yeah. On his left side. Yep. Um, so I see him and I'm like, Oh man, that's a good deer. Like being from Michigan, yeah. like that is a solid deer. I mean, yeah. the deer was, I mean, he was in the thirties for yeah, sure as 100%. a seven point. Yep. You know what I'm like, man. So this is day two yeah. coming. You know, I'm down on my luck. Yeah. Um, and I'm texting with Joey and he's like that. I don't think he's like, what deer is it? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, there's a, you know, blah, 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 not far from you. We've had a good deer. And he's like, it's your call. Yeah. Like, you can, you know, it's, it's, a, he goes, his exact question was, what, what do you think he'll go? And I said, he's in the mid 130s as a seven. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's your call. He's like, it, you know, that's a solid deer. Yep. So, as he said that, I was like, well, okay. Yeah, well, all right, let's put see if my, this is. Put my it. phone in my pocket. Let's see and if I'm this like, thing goes. Let's just see what happens. Thing uh, works past me. Um, he goes down. He's feeding. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm looking at him, and I'm like, man, that is a good deer. 
and then he turned sideways and you know then i could really see exactly what he had on uh, his right side which uh mark has seen the deer i mean yeah. solid deer yeah, very good deer and uh i was like you know what i'm happy with it uh-huh. um situation uh, you know i'm happy anywhere i go if i could shoot a deer in the mid 130s yep. i'd be oh yeah i mean truthfully Absolutely. i'd be happy and uh long story short shot him he went i don't know 20 yards died uh-huh. um fast forwarding you know i was super happy got that deer uh you know i, I ended up shooting him and um a couple days later uh and there was a front kind of coming in and that morning, I mean, it was cold. It was, I mean, it was a good morning. Yeah. Um, and another guy in camp ended up going down, um, and hunted this, you know, the same area I was yep. in, and he ended up shooting that nine point that went one fifty six uh-huh. and some change. Yeah. But I mean, you know, That's you, hunting, man. It is hunting, and, hunting. and honestly, I'm it is happy because I seen that deer, um, you know, dead, and I got. Yep. To, I'm as happy to kill the deer that I did. Um, is if I would have got that deer. Yeah. Like just how things worked out. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is kind of a deal, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm happier in heck to shoot a deer like I did. And I mean, it'll be tough for me, you know, again, I, I already got next year or well, I guess this year booked Yeah. going back down. Going back so, down. Absolutely. It's just a good time. It's a good time. I should be able to join you guys. This well, year anytime, you know, what, what is super cool about it is, um, you know, when, when I first went down with you a couple of years ago, like <clears throat> being from this area, if you see a deer in the, like, even in the twenties, yeah, you're like, Oh my God, that's a big deer Yeah, down there. Like, I mean, you're, you're going to be on a deer that's going to be probably in the high thirties, forties, yeah. maybe fifties, yep. yep. you know, and they still, I mean, how many deer did they shoot in the, you know, the high sixties, low seventies? Yeah. I think they got. They get one or two in the 80s. They got a couple in the 70s. Yeah. They got a bunch in, in the, the 60s. 60s. Yeah, like I mean, you're seven just... or eight of them in yeah. the 60s. Yeah, it's just in it. It's it's Kentucky's like every tell everybody Kentucky's a sleeper state, but it's not really a sleeper state once they do it consistently for so long. No, I wouldn't. I would not. Yeah, I mean, people think it's a sleeper state, but you go down there, and <clears throat> I mean, they just shoot giants. Yeah, big deer. They do. They big, just kill big one, deer, and they do a good job state. with it. And Yeah, and it's a cool state because it's, it's warmer. I love hunting the hollers and everything. It's yeah. so much different than here. Like where we live in West Michigan, it's rolling timber, egg fields, and you get down there, and it's these steep edges. Like you get down in the holler, you hunt these draws, you hunt the, the mm-hmm. top lines. Like it's so different hunting down there than it is, it is here. For, for a Michigan guy, I love going down there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you touch on the, the – you know the hollers i mean you look down those things and you're like how do you even get down there i mean don't shoot a deer down there so you gotta drag that thing not. back up absolutely yeah. not and so to see that and um it's just it is it's complete it's like night and day different from what we're what we grew up hunting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for that it's um something that's actually pretty cool and i like it when the the teams from kentucky lose when i'm down there i get personal enjoyment out of that for for george and joey I yeah re- i really do yeah. that i mean they were I don't go down there during men's basketball season, obviously, too much. So, no, no, that's no uh, reason for that. They uh, they had, you know, they like their school just like we like ours. Yep. Um, well, I think actually the Kentucky men's program was on that NIL money yeah. before everybody else got to get on that NIL money. Well, I, I mean, when we're talking basketball, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That just got everybody all riled up in Kentucky that yeah. they may have been. I mean, 
blue chips was it filmed about? I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. We have one run with a Fad Five, and we well, now we're getting yelled at. Yeah, Look no. at, they're doing it year in and year out down there. No, that's where that's where all the top players want to go down there, just yeah. because it's Kentucky. Yep, it's, yeah. uh, that's why. Well, we got on a, we got on a tangent there, George. So when you're listening to this, that was for you. Yes, that was for you on the NIL money before NIL money was a real <laughs> thing. Before Coach Prime was Coach Prime. Yeah. Right. No. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming in today. Heck thanks yeah. For, I always love talking hunting. Yeah, I can, I could talk hunting uh, for a while. So. All the time. So you've got, you had a busy year this year. You have it even busier. Yeah. So um, going like our year started out. Obviously, Jaina and I mm-hmm. joined uh, you and Michelle and uh, Shelly yep. in uh, Saskatchewan on that early bear hunt, um, which was man, that was how awesome was that? That is awesome. Yeah. So awesome for yeah. the girls to. Get up there and I mean hang out, fish and again like hunt for, so different up there compared oh, to anywhere. so different, so many bears. And then we again joined you guys uh, the Colorado mm-hmm. antelope hunt where both girls were um, very successful yep. and a good trip. And again, so different. Like I, I take a lot of. I, I, it's not that I take them for granted. I just I'm used to them, right? So I've hunted out west so many times that I've seen Colorado, I've seen Wyoming, Montana, all these places I've seen it. But to see Shelly's face, like after she shot, you guys were out hunting, we ran her antelope to the processor, came back and was sitting there, and she was opening it up, and it's one of those things like, Dad, it's so different out here. And we got to see that storm roll in. Like she never gets to see a storm. Like in Michigan, it's just on you because they're trees, right? There you get to see that thing come for miles across the plains to get to see it until it actually hits you. Yeah, we got to give Justin a shout-out. He was the one that made the hike back to get the ranger at, I don't know, probably 2.4 miles (laughs) and literally (laughs) picked us up as soon as that storm rolled past us. Listen, from the inside of the SUV that we were sitting on, it it hailed pretty good. Oh, I mean, we were on that side hill, and we're like, <laughs> man, this is pretty wild. This is, and Jaina's like, Dad, are, you think we're good? I'm, like, I'm not sure, kiddo. Like, we're right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> we're right in the eye. Yeah, but and that you know that so that was that was another thing uh, we talked about. That storm literally, um, you know, she hit that antelope bedded it up you know she shot at 200 and mm-hmm. what was it 74 whatever 270 some yards um it bedded up and that that storm rolled through and mm-hmm. literally we were you know she we jumped out made a play on it and um she ended up sh- you know shooting at probably 100 yards but it's so like for kids it's so different than where they're hunting here out of a blind spot oh, absolutely distances are over double of what they would ever shoot here basically yeah i would uh I mean, we, we shoot pretty often, um, and she's, I'll be honest with you, we've never shot at 200 yards. Yeah. You know, and talking with you and getting ready for that trip, we reached, you know, we shot at 200 yards. Yep. Uh, 270 yards over, like, she's like, this is pretty far. And I'm like. That's way out there. That yeah. is far. Yeah. That is far. Yeah. You know, so that was, uh, that was a sweet trip, um. I got in, I shot one, we were gutting Jaina's deer, or antelope, um, on the set, and then right on the bottom of that hill, and a, a nice, nice buck, he come over, and long story short, we met Justin and I, we took off, and we made a play um, on him, and, you know, we ended up shooting him at, was it 208 yards, or yeah. something like that, and, you know, so literally, we were gutting hers, and, you know, just, just dropped what we were doing, and she was with us or with me, yeah. you know, when I shot mine. So that was awesome. 
That's a cool one you'll remember forever too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anytime that we've ever um, doubled up, you know, and we've actually done it uh, doe hunting uh-huh. um, a couple times in that one. So anytime you can do that and share the excitement with your kid, man, that's, yep. that's what it's about. That's pretty awesome. So what do you got planned coming up this year? Um, so this year we are going uh, October, middle of October. I haven't confirmed the dates. 15th to the 20th. 15th through the t- yeah. 20th, uh, we're going to Wyoming yep. uh, for a whitetail hunt. Mm-hmm. Should be a good um, one. Yeah, I'm going, uh, joining Mark and mm-hmm. uh, the crew there. And then other than that, we're rolling to um, Ohio yep. for the first time. I've never been down there. I'm super excited for that. Um, I'm going down there November 27th through December 3rd. Okay. And then uh, I'm, I'm heading back to Kentucky. Um Third late muzzleloader season. It is. It so is. So far, you've got two great stories coming. So we're gonna have a. Th- are we gonna have a third, or is it just you, gonna you be? Know, a te- is it just gonna be a textbook like, hey? So as I was sitting there, um, texting with Mark, and I was sitting there talking with George and Joey. Uh, you know, I've come, I've come to the conclusion maybe I just have a Kentucky curse. You got the jinx. You know, I could have the jinx. You got the jinx. Or, or like Tin Cup, the shanks. I have the shanks. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, two, you know, I've shot good deer down there, and you know, but I've had I've had some stuff just that's never happened to me. I'm just <laughs> where I'm like, there. man, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, you know, but it'll, you know, it'll work out. And it'll work out. Eventually, I'm going to shoot a stud down there, and yep. hopefully on Mark's farm, and <laughs> He'll be somewhere else, and I'll be like, hey, look what we got. Hey, we'll so, call it Mark's deer. Yeah, this is Mark's deer. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you, everyone out there, for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.